Hey friends, well, after a long and for many of you cold winter, are you ready to bring the spirit of the islands into your home? Look no further than Home Threads, where comfort meets coastal living. At HomeThreads.com, you can discover a collection inspired by the tranquility of the beach. From breezy linens to stylish coastal decor, they've got everything you need to turn your home into a seaside retreat, and always at the best value. If you haven't been to the Home Threads website yet, you have to go check it out, see their beautiful bedding, everything they have for your kitchen, lighting, workspace, and a gift guide, which has something for everyone on your list. I'm thinking ahead to Mother's Day, Father's Day, anniversaries, birthdays, and more. So visit homethreads.com forward slash Monica and get a code for 15% off your first order. Because whether you're on the islands or dreaming of the sea, Home Threads brings the beach to you. Home Threads, love where you live. Christian Parenting Aloha friends, welcome to the Boy Mom Podcast, powered by Christian Parenting. I am Monica Swanson, mom to four boys, podcast host and author of Boy Mom, What Your Son Needs Most From You. Here on the podcast, it's my goal to bring you practical advice and biblical wisdom for raising boys in this sometimes crazy world. You can always find show notes over at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Aloha, friends. Welcome back to the Boy Mom Podcast. And I am so excited to get to share another episode straight out of my book, the inspiration for this podcast, Boy Mom, What Your Son Needs Most From You. Each month of this year, I am sharing just some snippets and highlights from a chapter of the book going in order, and we already covered chapters one through four. Actually, chapter one's more like an introduction. So January through March, we shared chapters two, three, and four, and now we get to talk about chapter five, which is titled Secure Foundations affirming significance and identity. This is huge, you guys. I know that every time I do one of these episodes, I'm like, this is my favorite, but oh my goodness, I really talk a lot about identity, the importance of giving our sons a secure identity from as young of an age as possible, because my goodness, growing up in this world today is not easy. And so I'm really excited to dive in, share some highlights. Hopefully you've all read the book anyway. Way, and these are just some great reminders. If you haven't read the book, be sure to use the link in show notes or just go straight to Amazon or wherever you like to get books and look for Boy Mom, What Your Son Needs Most From You. You can also listen to it on Audible. I know a lot of people enjoy doing that. And yes, it's my voice reading the book. So that's super fun. Now, before we dive in, I want to thank you so much for your ratings and reviews for this podcast. There have been so many sweet ones recently, and I want to share one of them with you today. I just love this one so much. A recent uh, review by Boy Mom Four Times with a Blue Heart. I love that. Boy Mom Four Times. She titled it A Fellow Mom of Four Boys. She gave the podcast five stars. Thank you so much. And this is what she wrote. This is my absolute favorite podcast to listen to while jogging in the morning. Monica's voice is always so calming and her wisdom speaks right to my heart. I am a fellow boy mom of four, so I lean into all she has to say, ready to learn. Raising boys of godly character is so important to me. So hearing practical ways from this podcast really, really helps. Boy Mom Four Times, 
Thank you so much for that awesome review. Guys, remember, I read all of these and they encourage me so much. I always just wish that there was like a reply button so I could write back to you and tell you how much they mean to me. But just trust me, if you leave a review, I am encouraged and I appreciate it so much. Okay, so let's dive in and just talk about some highlights from chapter five of my book, Boy Mom. I open here with a quote that I love by Frederick Douglass. It says, It's easier to build strong children than to repair broken men. Isn't that the truth? Friends, do the work now. I'm going to just keep telling you it is so worth it to pour into those children, boys and girls, but we want to build them up while they are young so that they are healthy and stable and secure. And that's what we're going to talk about here. So I'm going to just read the opening to this chapter as I like to do. And it's kind of fun and special because though this was written quite a few years ago now, because it had to go through the whole editing and publishing process, and the book has been out going on three years this summer, can you believe it? Um, This story is still very relevant to my son Luke's life. So this is how I begin. Our third son, Luke, is a competitive surfer. He trains many hours most days and competes in surf contests regularly. His dream is to become a professional surfer, and if he continues in his current path, that may be a real possibility, which is actually what he's doing now, so that's fun to look back on. My husband and I support Luke's dreams and goals. We both grew up doing competitive sports, and we love cheering him on toward his dreams. Naturally, surfing has become a big part of Luke's identity. He is what those of us in beach communities refer to as a grommet or a grom, a surfer or skater boy. Despite layers of sunscreen, his skin is always dark brown and his hair is a sun-bleached mop. Luke is a surfer through and through. He has brands that sponsor him and with this comes pressure to perform, rank high in competitions, and post exciting pictures and videos on social media to maintain and boost his image. You might imagine how all of this could give Luke a natural tendency to attach his self-worth to his surfing. When he wins a contest or gets attention from his sponsors or the media, he can easily feel on top of the world. When he loses or gets overlooked by the media, he can get down on himself. For many competitive athletes, anxious thoughts begin to permeate their lives. Their perspective is controlled by their performance and a fear of failure becomes a stronger motivation than their love of the sport. Luke certainly has wrestled with all of these things. Recently, after a full year of training for the national championship in California, he expected to advance through many heats and dreamed of a national title win. Unfortunately, he had a terrible first heat and ended up losing in the very first round. The entire contest was over for him in a mere 15 minutes. Honestly, it was brutal for all of us. You guys, I can still feel that pain in my gut. So how can we support and encourage Luke in pursuing his passion while we also help him avoid wrapping up his identity in it? How can we teach him to strive to be the best he can be and yet still be prepared to lose without losing his sense of self-worth? The same questions, of course, can apply to a boy propelled by other passions, from sports to music to academic achievement. On the flip side of this scenario are boys who do not have anything specific to focus their energies and skills on, boys who aren't sure yet how to define themselves. This is actually common in the teenage years. These kids are also seeking self-worth and an identity and are desperately trying to figure out where to find their personal meaning and purpose. How can we direct them? 
How can we help them? As moms, one of our key goals is to raise our sons to have a secure identity, a self-worth that does not depend on performance, popularity, success, or fame. We need to recognize that in every human heart is a longing to feel significant, to be uniquely valued in a world that tends to make people feel anonymous and unnoticed. Teenagers who aren't equipped to address this longing in a healthy way may find themselves vulnerable to peer pressure or the tendency to make bad choices in order to prove their significance. So you and I, as moms, are uniquely positioned to help our sons tackle some big questions we all face, questions that seem to rise to the surface in the teenage years, like, who am I? Do I even matter? Where does my value come from? Well, I believe the entire course of a boy's future can hinge on how he learns to answer these questions. So we go on to talk about a little uh, formula that I found in a book Dave and I read when we were first married. The book is called The Search for Significance by Robert McGee, and I will link to it in the show notes. It's a really good book for all of us of all ages. But in this book, he shares a formula that is kind of what most people live by, whether they realize it or not. And that is a formula of self-worth equals performance plus others' opinions. Now, there's a couple problems with this, obviously. First of all, it puts so much pressure on performance, and and this is hard for all of us, but it can be really dangerous for kids growing up who associate their self-worth with their schoolwork, with academic performance, with popularity, with social media performance, with sports, or any other hobbies kids might choose to do. And If a child's self-worth is dependent on their performance, then they're going to have moods and emotions and a self-worth that rises and falls all the time because our performance varies, right? And sometimes if a child's self-worth is attached to something, they could have an accident. They could lose a game, break their leg, fail a class, and then they feel like they are failures through and through, not just in that one performance, but they can attach it to their entire self-worth. And so there is a lot to say about performance being a big stumbling block when it comes to kids' self-worth, but also other people's opinions. More than ever in the world we live in today, other people's opinions are so fickle. Social media has only highlighted that. So if you have a teenager who is on social media, They might be looking at follows and likes and comments and, oh my goodness, this is such dangerous waters. But we talk in this chapter about how important it is that kids know that who they are is not their performance or others' opinions. The next section is called the true measure of a boy. And I say that the good news is that there's a lot we can do to help our sons develop a secure identity that doesn't change even when life does. Psychologist Larry Crabb said that significance and security are basic human needs, both of which are truly met in a relationship with Christ. And when our sons experience God's love in a real and personal way, they begin to grasp their infinite worth practically and profoundly. Then they can develop an identity that doesn't shift with grades, performance, trends, or somebody else's opinions. So it's important for us as parents to communicate to our kids how their self-worth is actually defined by the God who created them. Now, in this chapter, I share a few Bible verses. I'll put a couple of them in show notes. But how 
as our boys grew up, even from a young age, we began to share with them God's word, what it said, that we are all made in God's image, Genesis 1.27, that we are loved and valued and there's a purpose and a plan for our lives, Jeremiah 29.11, that we matter in Isaiah, that God sent his only son to save us unconditionally, John 3.16, Ephesians 2.4-5. And I love that Philip Yancey has said, grace means there's nothing we can do to make God love us more, and there's nothing we can do to make God love us less. So if a kid growing up in this noisy world grasps these truths, it can make all the difference. Now, our sons can grow up knowing that they may fail at many things or excel at things, but what they do does not define them. Their friends don't define them, the, the music they listen to, their hair color, their social media status, none of those things define them. Their identity can be unchanging and secure. Now, this is going to be challenging. And in this, like I said, noisy world where they're hearing so many things, we might feel like a broken record sometimes telling our kids the truth from God's word, the truth of how much they matter and that they matter because of the God who created them and loves them. But trust me, they can't hear it too much. I say in here that we repeat these things intentionally and consistently. We do it to the point that our kids might occasionally say, enough already, mom, I know God loves me. And then we do it a bit more. And I don't regret that one bit, especially now after talking to my college boys and how definitely through their teenage years and then on into college, they did wrestle with their identity. There were seasons of insecurity, uh, seasons where they were comparing themselves to others. And yet, because they had that deep sense of knowing who they were because their parents taught them over and over and we taught them where to find it in the word of God, they were able to go back to that secure place ultimately. I love the story of Tim Tebow and how his mom would post things up in his bedroom. She would put quotes and Bible verses and encouraging words. And in Tebow's book, Shaken, he talked about how he was traded or cut from the NFL four times and how that challenged him to go back to the truth about his identity in God. Tebow said, you know what I've learned in this process? How important it is not to allow either the highs or the lows in life to determine who you are. He said, while I appreciate the applause or pats on the back from others, what I really want to hear is my heavenly father tell me, I'm proud of you, son. I love that. So to wrap up Luke's story here from the book, I say with all of this in mind, we walk with Luke through his surfing career and we point him to role models like Tebow often. We help him celebrate his wins and support him through his losses, but we are always mindful of how these things could affect his self-worth. We purposely talk about Luke's identity in good times and bad. And I imagine we'll be having these conversations as long as he is a competitive surfer because there will always be so much pressure coming at him. And if the surfing career ends, the same truths will apply to every other pursuit in life. And I can just tell you now, though this was years ago, it is absolutely true. We still have these conversations. And now that we have a little young golfer, Levi, who's competing in golf and wanting to be a pro, we have these same conversations with him. And we also have these same conversations still today with our college boys who are now pursuing their careers and trying to get internships and trying to figure out what they're going to do with their life. We talk about identity a lot. Now, I have a little section in here called Navigating the Hard Times, and I talk about how identity is truly a complex issue, and there are just things that are beyond the scope of my book. I know that there are challenging family dynamics, there's disabilities, bullying is such a sad but real problem in the world today, gender identity issues are 
on the rise big time. There are so many complicated things when it comes to identity and self-worth. And I couldn't go into all of them, but I do believe that a child who is taught what God says about them, who they are in Christ is going to have a lot easier time navigating even all the complex issues. I say, will an identity based on God's view mean our sons will never struggle with their self-worth or identity? No, but it can help truth come out on top when that wrestling begins. And I talk here about how all my teen boys have admitted that they've gone through hard seasons, seasons when they weren't ready to talk even with me about their struggles, seasons when they tried to figure out who they were, how to fit in, how to dress, how to handle social media, and how to interact with people without being too awkward. And they tell me that they always return to what they knew was true even if their feelings weren't always aligned, and that that provided the strength they needed to get through their hard times. Now, I tell some stories here about my oldest son, Josiah, and how he went through some challenges because he had some unique interests. Uh, Growing up, being homeschooled, he had the freedom to explore his own interests, which is one thing I love about homeschooling. He didn't know if it was normal or not, but all of my boys have been interested in things like birding, for example. Um, Josiah has always loved math. He's loved numbers and studying number theories. When he was young, he would study my husband's uh, Japanese books. I mean, he's just got one of those brains that loves to learn and grow and study all different things. He got into photography as a young teenager. He learned to code and created his own website. And then he started putting things online. And I just talk about how he hit that point in life, unfortunately, about the time he started getting involved with social media, where he would start to question, like, are my interests weird? Am I a geek? Like, maybe I should pull this stuff down. Maybe this isn't cool. But After some really good conversations, I'm so glad that he decided to stick with who he is, to be true to himself and his interests, and to keep doing the things that filled him up, that he was passionate about. And then later, of course, I believe that many of those interests are the very things that helped him not only do well in school, but get a scholarship and then have an awesome college experience. So I want to encourage all of you to really talk to your kids about who they are, what makes them unique. Yes, they're made in the image of God, but God makes each of us unique. He gives us talents, skills, interests. And I think it's important that we cheer our kids on to explore the things that make them uniquely who they are. Now, I talk a little bit here about coping with bullies, so I'll share some from this section. There's two parts in my book that I touch on bullying. I don't go super far into it anywhere, but um, we have had a little bit of experience with bullying. I say here that homeschooling does spare children from bullying at school, but sometimes these homeschooled kids get singled out when they're around children who go to school in a traditional setting. I'm sure that some of you have had this experience. Well, My boys have had to stand up to a few local bullies at church youth events of all places, and I'm sure they're not the only ones. There are a couple boys who used to show up for youth group events and wait for an opportune moment, such as when the leaders turned their backs or left the room, and these boys would then pick on my two oldest sons, calling them names, playing tricks on them, or just finding creative ways to physically pester them. I know boys well enough to realize that some of these things can often be brushed off as immaturity or simple fun and games, but this situation had gone far beyond fun to downright mean, and it went on for months. Now, my boys did come to us and talk to us, and it wasn't a situation that we felt we needed to get involved with, but we coached them, and we prayed for them, and we just encouraged them to do the right thing. Well, I'm convinced that my boy's sense of identity, though still developing at 14 and 16, allowed them to not only put up with this situation for a time, 
but also to eventually stand up to the bullies. One night, my oldest son came home from a youth event and told me that at the end of the meeting, when a couple of the boys targeted Jonah with yet another side-handed hurtful attack, Josiah spoke up and said, outside right now, both of you. I couldn't imagine him doing this, by the way. The boys were in such shock that they first looked around to see if any leaders had noticed, and then they quietly stepped outside. My son said he looked directly into the eyes of each boy, they were much bigger than he was, and said, enough, you know what I'm talking about. You've picked on my brother and me for months now. You know that what you're doing is wrong, and we've had enough. This is the end of it. He waited, and they remained quiet. Then he added, am I clear? They both just looked at him and nodded. My son reached out his hand and they shook it. Then they all walked back inside. A new level of respect was earned that night, and I'm pretty sure my son came home a full inch taller. Will confronting a bully always go well? Definitely not. Being in a youth group setting certainly helped contain this situation, but my point is this. When a boy develops a secure identity, he will have a strong enough sense of who he is to deal with all that life hands him, be it wins, loses, trials, or bullies. So friends, we wrap up with talking about walking tall. And I say that no matter how intentional we are in giving our kids a foundational understanding of their identity and self-worth, they will eventually have to choose for themselves where they will find their value. Children may one day pursue passions that become a positive part of their identity, and we should teach them to guard against allowing those things to become their full identity. Some children may love basketball or dream of going to an Ivy League college. Others might excel at art or be the funniest kid at school. And none of that is bad in and of itself. But what is dangerous is when your son clings to any of these things as a measure of his worth. The truth we want to pour out to our sons is that many things may describe them, but they do not have to define them. So friends, I'm going to encourage you, yes, to read this chapter, but also to just begin having these conversations with your children about identity, whether they're little kids, you can begin these conversations. And if they're teenagers and you feel like, oh, I haven't really talked about this yet, it's not too late. I encourage you still to sit down and talk about it or go for a walk or a drive and talk about it. And at the end of the chapter, I do have a list of scriptures. It's called uh, My Identity in Christ. These are great things to share with your children, maybe to hang up. Hey, we need them as parents too, right? We all need to be reminded about our identity in Christ. But I'm going to go ahead and give you a link in the show notes so that you can download and print out this list of scriptures to share with your whole family. And um, I hope that you take advantage of those. It's really just for book readers, but I'm going to go ahead and share it with you as well. And now before I close, I would love to say a quick prayer if you'll join me. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for every mom listening, and all of the kids and the families that they represent. God, I pray for the children we are raising in this crazy world, this world that is trying to give them so many labels, trying to tell them what gives them value, trying to oftentimes tear them down. I pray that our kids would know that they have great value aside from their performance, aside from others' opinions, that they would understand that the God of the universe loves them so much, that that you created them, God, that you have a purpose and a plan for their life, that you love them so much that you gave your only son for them 
so that they might be forgiven and redeemed. I pray that we would be great communicators as moms, that we would be able to be effective in sharing these truths with our kids in a way that speaks to their heart, in a way that they understand. I pray that their hearts would be soft and open and that they would embrace this truth, that they are children of God and that that is what gives them great value. And when hard times come, because they will, I pray that though our kids may wrestle, that there may be some challenges, that they would know deep in their heart who they are and what gives them value, and that that would be what rises to the top, that they would understand that and it would make all the difference. And they might even share it with their friends as well. So God, we love you. We thank you for these kids. We thank you for these moms. And I pray that we'd have the strength to parent well, to raise these amazing kids, to know you and love you and walk with you. And we pray for the strength to keep doing it day after day. In Jesus' name, amen. right, friends. Thank you so much. You can find links to everything I've mentioned over in show notes at monicaswanson.com forward slash episode dash 155. And just appreciate so much you being here. I hope you'll share this episode with your friends and talk about it with your kids. And I hope you enjoy the download that will be linked to over in the show notes. And I'd love to hear from you if you enjoy these episodes where I'm pulling highlights from my book, Boy Mom. So leave a comment over in show notes if you would. And just want you to know how much I appreciate you being here. So have a wonderful rest of your week. And until next time, aloha.